Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit for supporting Made for This. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis10 and use code MadeForThis10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. Now, here is Jenny and Christine Kane. You guys, I am so excited about this conversation, and I want to tell you why. I know y'all are used to seeing Chris you know, preaching up a storm on a stage. But specifically in this moment, I invited her to sit down and have a conversation. And here's why. Because yes, she is one of the greatest communicators in our time on a stage, but she has also been one of the best disciple makers in my life personally as a leader. And right now, that's what we need. We need some big sisters and some mamas in our lives that are gonna say, hey, here's how we weather this storm. Here's not just how we weather it, here's how the church grows and goes forward. For the last few hours, we've been sitting over a meal together and we've been talking about just that. In fact, that's what we talk about almost every time we're on the phone together, is how does the church grow? How does the kingdom grow in our generation? How do we steward what God's given us as well as we can so that the gospel can go out as far as it can? And guys, your conversations don't need to look any different than ours. Yes, we run organizations. Yes, we write books. Yes, we speak to a lot of people. But in your places, this is how the kingdom grows. We believe we do what we do so that you're equipped to do the real work of the kingdom. That's what the scripture says. It says that the the people that get paid to do ministry are the people that are sent to equip the saints for the work of the kingdom. So we see our jobs as equipping you for the work of the kingdom. And so this moment, we're bringing you in as leaders to conversations we have all the time. And, and we believe that you need to be having these conversations too, because let me tell you something about Chris. You're not discouraged. No, I'm not. You're not discouraged. You're not, you know, when I'm with you, we're not sitting here shaking in our boots thinking, what are we going to do? There's a sense of, we know what to do and it can't be thwarted. Like God's on the move. And even though right now it feels like there's disarray everywhere, we're not discouraged. And you especially aren't. I no, look to you a lot for this. We were born for this moment. I am mm. like so um, excited when I, I, I mean, of course there is so much chaos and so much confusion, but it's nothing that the Bible hasn't told us was going to happen. And so we're not here by accident. And if God thought out of all of eternity that we are the women to be on the earth in all of our spheres of influence right now, that means we were born for this. We are empowered by the Spirit of God to be able to lead through this in all of our sphere. So we're not gonna uh, step back, we're gonna step into what it is that God has for us. So I'm, I'm excited. Okay, so let's talk about everybody and where they are right now. Tired? Yeah, yes. <laughs> A little bit discouraged. I would say, largely the people I'm talking to are confused. Yeah. Um, it's like, what is God doing? And it feels like the ground is shaking underneath them. And I want you to give us your eyes of, of what do you see 
happening. Well, I think, Jenny, you know, and it is true, I'm not in any way negating or minimizing the reality of what is happening. But the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that only those things that can be shaken will be shaken so that those things that cannot be shaken will remain. And so we're all feeling the tremors of the, you know, I think I said a couple of years ago, um, the spiritual tectonic plates of the earth have shifted and uh, we're all feeling it. It's like, okay, and we feel, we're having a lot of aftershocks. So just when we thought maybe it was COVID-19, then there were issues uh, with racial reconciliation. And then there was, you know, another big plague somewhere else in the world or another economic crisis or another. So we're, it's aftershock after aftershock. And that's the reality of what we're feeling. And, you know, there are women watching this all over the world. And um, so this is the first time in history that at least we know connected wise, we're all feeling the same earthquake and the same aftershocks at mm. the same time. And so you could either freak out, which a lot of people are, <laughs> there's no doubt about it, or you could go, listen, this is way, way too uncanny for it to be an accident. The fact that in one way, I feel like the Lord has said, okay, I'm sending you all into timeout. You're all <laughs> gonna have to go home and the whole planet at the same time. And you're gonna to have to pause. And you know, I say to my kids when they were younger, you know, go to your room and think about what you've just done. <laughs> think about what you've just said. And when you come out, we're gonna talk about what you realized when you're in your room. And I think to a degree that is what has happened. It's like, we've gone back to reevaluate, okay, what are my priorities in life? What are my values in life? What idols? potentially have I had? Where have I been distracted? Where, I've been, where have I been allured by other attractions? And the whole planet at the same time has had to do that. And we're all at different degrees of opening up, even as this is playing now, you know, some countries have opened, others have closed, some cities have opened and reclosed again. I mean, it's, it's we don't know from one day to the next uh, what is going on, but this is what we do know. And this is where the rubber hits the road, that during that shaking, it's like a sifting. The Lord is separating the wheat and the tares. Um, the Lord is revealing to us what is in us. It's another phase of preparing us for what He has prepared for us. And so in this hour, what is in us is what is being revealed. The earthquake doesn't suddenly go, oh, we've all just collapsed. What is in us is just being revealed in this moment. Mm -hmm. And um, if we truly have a faith, that is being purified and will come out stronger than ever. That's what I mean by we were born for this, that, that our inner spirit man is actually being strengthened by the refining fire so that we can do what we've been called to do on the other side of this. And I wanna talk about that. Yes. Because <laughs> what we've been called to do is not confusing. No. And it has not changed, right? And that's, I love that. Here's the things I know in the midst of crisis is I'm a sinner <laughs> and I want to be aware of that and confess that and deal with it. The grace of God is powerful enough for that. And I wanna live in that and preach it. And that God is delightful and that I get a relationship with him and that I wanna give that away. Like I had to write that this morning for myself. That wasn't for Instagram, that was for myself because I have to remember that there are many things that have not changed. And this is why we're on earth and it will be short. Yeah. 
And so let's get it right. So let's talk about getting that right. And what is the mission that we cannot miss? Well, that, absolutely. That we get to see, I think, go further than we ever have. Well, totally, because the world is more ready for our yes. message than ever before, because we've all been confronted by death in a way that we haven't for a long time. The fact is that we've almost anesthetized and separated ourselves from death. We sort of put people in homes, we don't think about it or they're hospitalized. And so we are separated from death. But the truth is people die every day, every single day on planet Earth, uh, millions of people are dying and death is the ultimate statistic. One out of one will die. Mm -hmm. And I know that's very comforting to know. Yeah. But James, uh, in the book of James, we read life is but a vapor. It, the right. thing is we forget that. Now, it, it, just because we've forgotten it doesn't mean that that's not true. Life is but a vapor. You live, every single person will die. The issue is never whether we're gonna die. That's a given. Uh, the issue is, will we live the life that God put us on this earth to live? That is the issue confronting every woman today. And so, and you go, what is that life? Well, ultimately, whether I'm a doctor, a lawyer, a Supreme Court judge, a stay-at-home mom, uh, a teacher in the medical profession, whatever my vocation is, is secondary to my primary call as a Christ follower yeah. for every person, um, which is go into all the world, your world, your sphere, and make disciples of Jesus Christ, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In fact, this was so important that Jesus, he'd been separated from his Father here on earth for 33 years. He dies on a cross and rises again. And instead of rising again and going straight back to the Father, he goes, I need to detour via planet Earth for a minute because I've got something so important to tell my people. I've got to remind them of their primary mission. The reason they're not coming up with me right now is because I've got something for them to That's do. Right. And so he says, this is, this is what your mandate is. Whatever your vocation is, whether you are single, married, a professional woman, a corporate woman, um, a tradeswoman, uh, whatever sphere you're in, this is actually what you've got to do. Your, your, your job, Jenny, my job, our job, we are personally responsible for the evangelization of planet Earth right. before the second coming of Jesus Christ. So does my life really matter? Huh. Tonight at dinner, just tell all your friends, I am personally responsible for the evangelization of the planet before the second coming of Christ. So all we right. do is actually going into that direction. So has it changed because of COVID? No. And has it, I think, gotten clearer because of COVID? We have, I believe, gotten numb to our purpose and what we're supposed to be doing. And so this is a wake up call. And I think that's exciting. I mean, there's fruit happening all over the world right now. And I love this about you is your global heart. And that really does shape your perspective because oh, you're watching the gospel go forward. So if I ask you the question, which I know the answer to, is the church dying? Are you kidding me? <laughs> she is. No. I just think before the shutdown, I had yeah. been just in several countries of the world. I was in Qatar. I was in Brazil. I was in Australia. I was in Southeast Asia and Europe. I mean, this was just in the, the two months right. leading up to the, the lockdown. Um, around, and the church, she's vibrant. Right. She's alive. She's growing. And so I think uh, the church has always thrived in times of challenge and persecution. The only difference is right now, especially the, the last four or five months that have been very taxing um, for people is this realization that I am not in control of my life in the way that I mm. thought. I mean, and it seems like a suddenly to everyone because we think we're in control. I've got my job. I've got my retirement fund. Um, I know my plans for school. It, it, in a sense, we have dethroned God and haven't even realized it. We fit him in on Sunday. Um, and then we just, and all of a sudden we're like, 
I can't control the weather. I can't control a virus that I can't even see. That's how small it is. That thing has shut down planet Earth. This thing that I can't even see. Suddenly I've realized I'm not God. I might be smart. I might have an Ivy League education. I might be the head of any corporation, but all of a sudden, it wouldn't matter if you're the CEO of the top corporation in the world, we still have realized I can't control what I can't control. So all of a sudden, our very enlightened, postmodern, post-Christian, post-everything world has suddenly stopped and gone, uh, maybe there's something a bit bigger because I've tried everything and we can't control anything. And so I think that is the moment that Jesus can step into hearts. And this is where you come in because this is not something that is going to happen through stages and books and the internet. This is something that is gonna happen through you in your places, through you know being on your campuses, through being in your neighborhoods, being on your teams, being in your workplaces. Like this is the movement of God that, that it's going to take. I think we all think in our minds, like we hope somebody else does it, but it's like, no, the church united, there's not a more powerful force, period. You cannot gather that many people on the same mission together, doing the work of God together and stop it. I mean, it would- It's an unstoppable force. Well, I mean, even the, the scripture tells us that, that the Holy Spirit in us, is unstoppable. So it's not that we're unstoppable. We're not great. Like, right. you know, it's a, we don't have a secret magical formula, but we do have a supernatural spirit of God living on the inside of us, every Christ follower. And, yeah. and in fact, the Lord, I think very deliberately made sure that we knew by taking all stages away, well, that's exactly right. what's happened all yep. around the earth, yep. um, reminding yeah. Christians, I have actually filled you with my spirit. Right. So it's not the, I didn't say the platform's gonna save the world. Uh, Jesus said to the disciples, I mean, you think, Jenny, the disciples were walking with God incarnate, Jesus right. Christ. You think it doesn't get any better than this? I'd be like, I wanna die and go as, if he's right. dying, right. I'm dying because it doesn't get any better than Jesus yeah. in the flesh walking with me. And Jesus goes, hang on a minute. It's actually better that I go. And what a phrase, it's better for you that I go, I still try to wrap my head around that, that the God of the universe, God incarnate would be saying to his disciples, boys, I need you to pause. It's better for you that I go because when I go, I'm gonna send another. So here we have the, the third part of the Trinity. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. So for every believer in Christ, Ephesians tells us that we are saved and filled with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption, every one of us, I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you. So if you go into a lockdown because of COVID-19 in the year 2020, don't freak out because the same spirit that raised me from the dead lives on the inside of you. So that same, so I know churches might've shut and platforms might've closed down. And I know that there are certain restrictions, but guess what? I was thinking ahead because I knew what was gonna happen in 2020. So I knew you'd need the Holy Spirit of God, the third part of the Trinity living on the inside of you to lead you and guide you every step of the way, no matter how much of the world shuts down, no matter how much chaos and confusion and those places where you feel isolated uh, and lonely, you don't have to freak out because the same spirit that raised me from the dead, I'm sending him to live on the inside of you. It doesn't get any better. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I'm seeing happen, and this excites me, and I know it excites you, we're both very passionate about this, is you know, we're talking about tensions mm -hmm. in this day and we're talking about um, different things that we've just got to embrace both because without spirit and without truth, That's right. you really fall into dangerous places, right? Different yeah. dangerous places. And so I wanna talk about this idea that we lead out as disciple makers in the name of Jesus Christ, as evangelists in the name of Jesus Christ, 
in our spaces, in our spheres everywhere with spirit and truth. What does that tension look like and how do we how do we hold both? Yeah, and it's so important. I think we were all, I mean, Jesus said to the woman of the world, you know, that there's coming a day. This is that day yes. in 2020. I mean, she, didn't, she, you know, she's talking to him, but he's saying there's coming a day when all worshippers will worship yeah. in, here's the tension, spirit and truth. Um, it shouldn't surprise us, Jenny, that the enemy has tried to keep that divided for so long. And I think he's divided the church because Jesus Christ right there with the woman of the world, um, is is the first time he reveals that he's the Messiah to any human being, it's to this woman at the well. He reveals that he's the Messiah and he's saying there's gonna come a day, this is that day, where my worshipers are gonna worship in spirit and truth. So the enemy is like, oh, oh, since I wanna stop that day from coming, I'm gonna keep those two things apart. I'm gonna try to divide what Jesus came to unite because he knew that the power of those two things together and what we've had historically in the church over the last 2000 years is sort of camps, unfortunately, that have tried to keep it divided. Like this side is spirit, this side is truth. And this side doesn't have truth and this side doesn't yeah, have spirit. And you don't all know what you're doing and you are missing <laughs> And this out. side doesn't trust or respect this side. That's right. And you don't, and, and what a shame that is. This is happening in a lot of ways around the world right now where all of us are going, no, I want both. Like we I are totally. going to lead with both in power and in truth. And so I just think this is, when you say that day has come, like I'm sitting here coming unglued because I'm thinking this day is possible and this day is here. And it's happening, it's not just happening with women, it's happening with men, where conversations are are happening where they're unifying and they're saying, let's grow together, we're on the same team, right? Totally, and it was always meant to be like that. And um, we need each other and you can't do one without the other. So of course, that were never meant to be separated. The the Holy Spirit is not separated from the Word. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of the Lord will remain forever. If we serve a triune God, how do you separate spirit from truth? You can't, Jesus, you do not, you can't separate it. So the enemy is the only one that's been winning there. And you can't have true guidance. So people, and, and I can make jokes. So that for, for those of you listening today, you girls that are uh, maybe from the from my side of the church, that at times has been associated with, with, with super Fruit Loop side that, that we all laugh <laughs> at. Like the, the spirit, the Holy Spirit is not is going good. to tell you to do anything that scripture right. that is number one not confirmed in scripture or um, or is expli- explicitly banned in scripture so you know it's that kind of stuff that yeah. has kept things separated and and that's what it comes down to people well, well it's Lord, fear right well, of course it's it is fear. it's like this is going to limit this and this is going to get dangerous yeah. and and i think you know what what i see is that that both are absolutely required right now. Oh, that yeah. we cannot go forward in the mission that God's called us on the in the time that we're living without both. Well, the, uh, you can't because we've also never been here before. And um, like I, I say to our teams all the time, is if you could go to the library and get a textbook on how to lead through a global pandemic, right. race riots through, so oh please, I'd be like, <laughs> whatever it costs, I'm willing. And it's like, oh, it doesn't exist because tag, wear it, which means we have to get on our face. So of course I go to the word first and foremost for wisdom. And there's a lot of wisdom in the Proverbs. There might not be a daily, this is what you are going to say today, but there's a lot of wisdom in the book of Proverbs about how I am uh, you know, as much of what not to say, how I'm to conduct myself. So, so I've got a really good framework there alone. And then, but to actually know my next step, well, then I need to be on my face with the Holy Spirit of God and learning 
to go, okay, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Every, every believer, every born again believer is, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And part of the Spirit's work in my life, according to the scripture, Jesus said, this is what the Holy Spirit would do. So of course he's our comforter. And we seem to be comfortable with that. Like it's okay, we're all happy with the Holy Spirit to be our comforter who will comfort us in our time of need. Um, that's awesome. But what about all the other names of what the Holy, our counselor? Wonderful counselor, not just not just, but he's our wonderful counselor, our healer, um, our guide, and and so Jesus said, I'm going to send you up, you know, and you're going to wait, and there is another that's going to come, and he's going to lead you, he's going to guide you, he's going to do. I mean, these are all words of the Holy Spirit, and a lot of us, you know, our pneumatology is not strong. We don't know. We know a lot about Jesus. Our Christology is very strong. Um, we're strong on understanding who God the Father is, but oftentimes because we do not understand who the Holy Spirit is is at rather we sort of almost like kind of go okay it, we know that there is a holy spirit i believe in god the father i believe in christ the son i believe in the holy spirit our god is three in one now jesus and, you know we come back there and go okay maybe this is a time where we need to become stronger to understand what is the role of the holy spirit in our life because i don't know how we're going to make it i really don't know there is no textbook on how to do this the church has never been where we are now the word is where we base everything never ever ever, I want to be very clear on this, in our leadership, uh, as mothers, if we're married, um, in our single life, in our relationships, in our corporate workplaces, whether we work in Christian ministry, whether we work in the public space, never ever is the Holy Spirit going to ask us to do anything that is contrary to Scripture. That, that is a great starting point. So you go, how do I know if this is the Holy Spirit? Well, question 101 is, is this anything that is contrary to the Word of God? Well, if, if it is, then you can bet that's not from God. If it's something that you go, this is not uh, contrary to God's Word, but it's not specifically in there. It's not like you shall take two steps, turn right, go, okay, so, right. so what? But, but I kind of feel like at the end of the day, any person uh, that is a Christ follower is not being truthfully honest if they don't say at some point, I sort of stepped out in faith. I, I, I had the word of God. This was not contrary to the word, but I kind of felt whether it's like saying yes to a job promotion, whether it's yes to getting married, whether it's yes, to, whether it's saying no to getting married and staying single, whether it's yes to deciding we're going to have children. At some point, all of us will go, well, I, I had a feeling, I had a sense, whatever that might be. Now we get sometimes nervous about saying that because we all see uh, hokey pokey weird stuff. But if you're a Christ follower and we walk by faith and not by sight, then every one of us at some point in some area, every single day goes, that's where God wants me I'm to walking go. by faith. So, yeah. And Jesus said, it's like, we walk by faith and not by sight. Um, Galatians tells us the life we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God. We haven't seen Jesus, but we have faith. I mean, we've, we have put our entire faith um, on the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. We by faith believe, and then we by faith then accepted that and said, okay, I'm gonna follow Jesus because I believe that he rose from the dead. That's the linchpin of our faith. So then why wouldn't we go further and then go by faith? Okay, I'm in a work environment. I'm gonna pray. Sometimes it's the last thing we do. I'm gonna to go to the Word and go, I need, I need the Holy Spirit's guidance in this situation. Do I speak? Don't I speak? Do, do I tweet? Don't I tweet? Um, do I go this far or don't I? I don't know, Jenny, how else we're going to make it because life is changing so rapidly. 
there is an enemy. I think we've all woken up to that yep. again. There is there is an enemy, even those of us that may have thought, I want to pretend he doesn't exist. You know what? You can't. Post-COVID-19, no one can pretend anything anymore because we are bombarded on every front. Uh, that uh, And it's scripture, Ephesians. There are powers and principalities. We do not war against flesh and blood. The world possibly has never been so chaotic, so dark. It's always been dark, but we've gone to new levels of, there's an acceleration of evil. There is a interconnectedness where we are seeing it day in and day out on every front, every time, every morning, you're almost scared to turn your phone on because you're like, what today? Like literally the, the Bible calls that evil forebodings, the book of Proverbs, evil forebodings. I could almost, I could get emotional because I know so many women feel that, like they, they, they have no peace and so much, and it's an evil foreboding. We need the Holy Spirit to have protection from that, to be able to go through these days without that anxiety, that's evil foreboding, that fear, absolutely taking us out. It is only through the leading of the Holy Spirit that is, and it needs to be. What do I need to do today? Um, well, yeah, I mean, on, I think sorry, of that verse that says he prepared in advance works for us to do. How are we going to know what works we're to do? And if all of the church is supposed to be mobilized to do the works that he prepared in advance to do, because what you and I are talking about is we are not the type to be like, oh, in our generation or on this day is, you know, is going to be the end yeah. times. But but we are the type to go. We could be in them. <laughs> there was no t- we're being, and, and let's and say we're getting closer. Totally. And, and so, let's be true. Like every uh, Jesus said, these are the last days. So, and even you know what? If people go, well, I'm 50, uh, almost 54, and so these are my last days. If they're nobody, even right. if they've 40 more years, they're my last days. So <laughs> if we view it like that, whether but, but I get even more motivated by going, oh gosh, what if we don't? What if there's one generation left? Oh yeah. What would we do with our generation if there was only one generation left? we would every one of us live differently than we're living and so i think that's what i'm praying is that we would live as if it was in our generation and and if that were to happen no evil is going to come from that like only good will come from that and and who's to say we're not preparing the way for 10 generations from now but we're preparing the way and and we've got to treat it that seriously and, and that's, we're supposed to the 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 challenge is, and here's the challenge, for the generation before us, the aversion to talking about end times. So it's like, oh my gosh, is she going to bring up, you know, Matthew 24 or Revelation? I, I, you know, um, the thing is, we've had such an aversion, and I'm old enough for this because this is the wave of Christianity that I came through. In the 1990s, there was a huge emphasis, late 80s, 90s, on end time. We threw the baby out with the bathwater. So because of the extremes of all of that, like, oh my gosh, the world's going to blow up or we're all going to be raptured and, you know, some are going to be left behind and some are whatever the the theology was. We almost now laugh about it and just ho-hum as if somehow we don't realize that since the ascension of Christ, the sole responsibility of the church has been to point towards the second coming of Christ. We point a lot back to the cross and we point a lot back to the resurrection. I'm not minimizing that, of course, that's vital. Um, But the point is that we, we're supposed to be looking forward. But because we don't know what we're looking forward to, we're freaking out right now. This is the issue because we're looking forward. What we want forward to be is 
a return to some sort of normal. Chris, can you tell me as a leader, um, you know, when am I going to be able to kind of normally meet with right. my friends again, do this? And I'm going, no, I, I can't tell you that because I don't know what's happening. Every month the rules are changing, CDC rules are changing, everything's changing. So now I can't give you that kind of forward. And then everyone starts getting evil forebodings and freaking out because it's like, what's my new normal going to look right. like? And I'm going, I oh, know, but I can transcend that for you because we are the church that is living the, the the church that is living between the two advents of Christ. So, oh, I can get your joy back easy. How about you start looking forward at the thing we're supposed to be looking at, and we're supposed to be pointing everyone there. It, our job, read Thessalonians. I mean, between Acts and Revelation, the job of the church. So, whatever your sphere of influence is, whatever your leadership role is. Our job as Christ followers, it, this is not a thing to fear. And I think because of the Left Behind series, we're all like, no, we don't want to talk about a world blowing up or we're, of course we're redeeming this earth. I mean, I'm actively involved in justice. I'm actively involved in bringing hope and life and shalom and redemption. This is awesome. But the thing that fuels me is he's coming back. That's, right. That's not a freak out thing. I'm already right. born again and saved. Jesus, and I want to remind, he's coming. There's a new heaven and there's a new earth. So look, I don't know what's going on right at this second, but man, I can be excited. There's a hope. So you go, Chris, why have you got this joy? Why are you ignorant of what's going on? Not at all. In fact, I'm probably more cognizant than most people. The work <laughs> I do with A21, oh, yeah. where I'm, I'm, I'm very aware. We have offices in 20 countries around the world. I'm, I'm very cognizant of what's happening. But because he's coming back, there's a hope, there's a joy, there's an urgency. That's the thing that puts a spring in my step. But if we forget that we're living between both the advents of Christ, we can't ever be a prophetic people looking forward because we're not actually really looking forward. We want just a return back to a new normal. And I'm right. like, oh no, we can transcend new normal. Right. I mean, that if just this, that we let go of that dream and say, no God, whatever you have for us in these days, because they're short. Yeah. I mean, that was Paul. He was like, I mean, bring it. He's like, these are temporary troubles. Like totally. bring them. It's a and, light and momentary affliction. And then let's, let's, let's build the kingdom. Hey guys, this is Chloe. And I am super excited to tell you about our sponsor for today's episode. You've heard Jenny talk about HelloFresh, but I'm just here to tell you from experience that HelloFresh has totally changed my week. You can get a box right on your doorstep with fresh, pre-measured ingredients that are all in their separate bags. The recipes are things that you would never think to make, but they're delicious, easy to make. And HelloFresh lets you skip all those trips to the grocery store, but all the ingredients are really high quality. Part of what makes meal planning stressful for me is figuring out what to do on what night and making the grocery store trips to get the ingredients. HelloFresh makes it super easy so you can actually enjoy cooking and you can get dinner on the table in like 30 minutes or less. Every week you can pick from like 23 different recipes. So if you have some picky eaters in your house like I do, there were so many different things to choose from and even my five-year-old loved them. If you're anything like me, you're always looking to save some money on your grocery bills, and HelloFresh did that. You actually can save up to 40% instead of shopping at your local store. There's zero waste. All the ingredients are pre-proportioned, so you're not overbuying things. You're not wasting ingredients. A few weeks ago, my son Gray and I, we made these tostadas that were had this fresh lime crema on it, all these different things that I just don't usually cook on a daily basis, and it was a huge hit. So you know we're always looking for things to help you guys out that we truly love and believe in. 
and HelloFresh is one of those that Jenny and I both have been loving. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis10 and use code MadeForThis10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. And now, back to Jenny. We believe that that this moment is going to cause, I mean, the conversations we're having offline is that in 2021, we're going to see things happen that we've never seen in our generation. But that's not because of us. That's because the Spirit of God has prepared the way for us to quit loving this life so much and for you to realize your place in the story. And so that's our hope is that this is just this fire that burns through the church. And it's going to take all of us that, that we would all do our parts and be the body of Christ. And that's where, okay, so where I want to end this is I want to talk about unity because yeah. ultimately that leads to this, right? We, Absolutely. We, we cannot be all divided in our little places. Like this is my prayer currently is that there would be greater unity in the church than yeah. there ever has been. And I think that's possible. Yeah, and it's uh, the only way we'll be unified, we are one spirit, one body. So this is, the, the, this is why it's so important right. that we're led by uh, the spirit of God and we understand our unity it's not uniformity and it's not sameness, but it's a unity of spirit. And we, we are going to find each other. That This is yeah. what the joy of all of this is, is that truly when you're born again of the spirit of God, there's deep cries unto deep. There's this, there's this spirit connection. Then the stuff that we thought mattered wouldn't because when you're unified in Christ by the spirit, what you want to do is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. So you all these things will be added. You're not even worried about the things and other things of this world. They do grow strangely dim. All of a sudden you're like, I'm about the father's business. Mm-hmm. I'm about, uh, you know, I'm on mission wherever I am. And so, uh, you know, we're talking if lead, we're talking girls all over the world in every different sphere um, of influence and leadership. And there's almost not even a separation between sacred and secular because we're all on mission and we are one body, many parts. That's what Corinthians says. And what we've had, I think, in especially this season of, of really highlighting racial reconciliation, injustice and the justice that needs to come is God saying, look, when one part of my body suffers, we all suffer. So how about we all just wake up, get with the program really quickly and, and recognize that part of the body is suffering. Let's understand we are one body then as we understand we're one body, we start to understand we're many parts. And I think the reason, a reason, when when Jesus ascended, sent the Holy Spirit to the upper room and then the Holy Spirit is in all of us as believers is because God is making sure that no one person is going to get the glory. This Mm. revival, finally we're going to understand that this revival that we've been praying for, we've had to go through a lot of pain to get there, looking in the mirror and repenting um, for our sin, all of us, Mm. our idolatry, Mm -hmm. um, our lust, our greed on on so many different levels where we go, Lord, my priorities have been wrong. My heart attitude has Mm -hmm. been wrong. And hopefully if we've done what we're meant to do during this season um, that has been an inner work uh, and God has in order to go out and have greater influence and be able to reach more people we've had to go in and have a cleansing and it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance we've had that season Um, and I think if we allow God to have his work we will understand we're one body many parts the job was never meant to be and we're not just saying this this is the reality (laughs) It, it was never Jesus did his part 
Then he sent the spirit into all of us. We are all vessels, carriers. Right. Are, we are uh, flawed, we're broken, but we're earthen vessels. And scripture tells us in Corinthians that God puts this treasure in jars of clay. So all of us in whatever sphere we're leading in, we are just jars of clay and we're flawed and we're broken, but in us, is the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And through us, that spirit, Jesus said mm. to the woman, the same woman at the well, you worship in spirit and truth. And he said, out of you will flow rivers of living water. What we've done is we've been praying wrong for revival. We've been praying for revival, almost like God send something from heaven. And God's like, well, I did. I sent my son. <laughs> he died on the cross. He redeemed all of humanity. He rose from the dead. And then I sent my spirit. I've already sent the revival from heaven. Now I need through you to flow rivers of living water. I think we clogged up how much of the spirit could flow through us, through our own sin, our own iniquity, our own mixed motives, our own yeah. flaws. And I think the more that we allow God to do a deeper work in us, the more the Holy Spirit will flow through us. So that means every entrepreneur, every professional woman, every stay-at-home mother, every single woman, whatever our sphere is, yeah. you are a leader because you follow Jesus. So because you follow Jesus, our primary goal is to lead people to Jesus. Yeah. So whether you've given yourself that label or not is almost incidental. I know the world puts labels on people as a leader, but as followers of Christ, the sooner we all recognize we're all leaders because our job is to lead people to Jesus, mm -hmm. then the more we ought to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in us. So the rivers of living water, that's where, wherever we turn up, this is, I'm hoping as we get out of this COVID season, the world will understand, guess what? Revival has turned up because I've turned up and out of me will flow rivers of living water and bring change into the world. I wanna talk about a barrier I see to that right now that feels rampant and it, yeah. it feels like it's touching lots of different areas. It's not just one area, it's confusion. Yeah. That there feels like a spirit of confusion where it feels like if I'm for these people and not for these people and what does it look like to to love my Bible and to love people and yeah. you know, it just feels like it's, it, it's complicated. I understand that and that, that's a great question. But remember, Jesus says you worship in spirit and truth. Throw, the, the Holy Spirit does not throw out the truth of God because then it's no longer um, I mean, we serve one God. He's a triune God. Um, spirit and truth are not opposed to each other. And so when uh, we claim that, well, the spirit is revealing to me truth that goes beyond the truth of the word of God or truth that is contrary to the word of God, then it is no longer God's truth. Um, and so it is no longer truth. So the source of truth is Jesus. I mean, of course, we live in a postmodern world where everyone has their own version of truth. The scary thing is when we try to bring that into the church and say, well, here's the canon of scripture um, and I've had my own evolution of that and I've got more truth to add to that. Well, then already that certainly from my stream of the church where, you know, I'm going to people, no, no, that's called cray cray your opinion. Please let us know. Jesus didn't say, and we will worship in spirit and personal opinion. It's we will worship in spirit and truth. And that truth is revealed in the Holy Scripture. So even as a charismatic, as you know that I am, um, I, I am saying it has got to come within the realms um, of the Word of God. And uh, so I think that um, we don't need to be confused. And it's going to be a challenge because, uh, you know, as Christ followers, there are certain uh, parts of the world that I travel to. And I was telling you about one part to, to protect the people. I won't say that we're to even declare the name of Jesus. People are like, you know, 
you can't do that. And and that's a dangerous statement. And we don't want to cause uh, either confusion or, or people even would be like, that is almost a very unloving thing to say. And that's very exclusive. And how could you uh, put that sort of condemnation on? And I go, wow, I've now got, I'm in a challenging situation that do I proclaim the name that I believe according to scripture is above every other name, that there is no other name by which man can be saved, but by the name of Jesus, because I'm in a cultural tolerant context in this particular country where if I say that name exclusively and don't go well and all these other gods as well and they all roads lead to heaven if I'm actually going to speak spirit and truth that means I've got to say something that is really going to offend some people that's really going to hurt some people in some places they're going to think I'm actually being unloving they're going to think that I'm being um, I'm not merciful and that I'm ungracious and that I'm being exclusive and I thought, oh my gosh, this spirit and truth stuff, I thought it was all gonna be kumbaya, holding hands, um, warm and loving. And all of a sudden now, I'm going to seem like I'm not loving and I'm exclusive and I'm not gracious and I'm not merciful, but I've got a revelation of Jesus. And, and I know that this is truth, even if I'm, because because the word of God said it, not because Christine Kane's saying it, because in this particular setting where it was really not going to be cool for me to say that, mm -hmm. um, and they said, well, you know, do you think, you know, Jesus Christ is the only one? I said, look, it really doesn't matter what I think. It matters what he thinks. He said it, not me. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. He said, no one comes to the Father but by me. So y'all, if you've got a problem with that, please take it up with him. I am just echoing what he said. And all I do know is that God is good according to Psalm 119, that God does good and that God is loving. So he wouldn't be saying anything that isn't ultimately for his glory and for our good. So I've got to go with that. It might not make me popular. It may even make me misunderstood in certain settings, but I cannot confuse my emotion with the spirit. Because sometimes I think we say, well, I just feel the spirit saying what that really, if it's contrary to the word of God, right. what that really means is, my emotion and my heart, and this is what I want to say to you, Jenny, is I am not more compassionate than Jesus and I am not more compassionate than the Spirit of God. So I've got to be very careful not to confuse my personal emotion with true compassion according to the scripture. And if Jesus was compassionate and every miracle that Jesus did, every healing that Jesus did, the words he uttered, the Bible says, he had compassion on them. So in the, you know, he had compassion on them. So he taught them many things. He had compassion on them. So he healed. He had compassion. So he cast out demons. Jesus was compassionate and he never compromised truth. He was compassionate. And he said, yeah, go and sin no more. Same Jesus that was compassionate. So let's not ever confuse in the name of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not going to be contrary to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is not a different type of compassionate to Jesus. It, it, they're one triune God. And so I think we have to be very, very careful as we move into that to not confuse our own emotion. Um, and again, I keep coming back to if it's contrary to God's word, it, then it, it's not God. That's the bottom line. If it's not contrary to it, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to take walks of faith where the exact instruction isn't in the word of God, but it's never going to be contrary to God's word. And as I learn to discern between the spirit and my own emotions, um, sometimes I think we'd like to lean on our emotions and say it's the spirit. And I would say the spirit is never contrary to the truth of the word of God. And the truth of God's word 
is never going to be contrary to the spirit of God. And so that's the other side. There are some things that you can be declaring a fact from the word that is not full of the spirit of God or that's spirit right. of love or that's spirit right. of compassion. So um, we have to, that's why Jesus says spirit and truth. So we have spoken a lot of things. So in some cases we've thrown out truth in the name of love. In other places we've proclaimed truth, but with no love. And the Holy Spirit, well, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. So if what you're saying and how you're acting is not full of the fruit of the Spirit, love, right. joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control, if goodness, if, if we don't have the fruit of the Spirit in what we're declaring with truth, then it's not spirit and truth. And we're not going to see change. We're not going to see unity and we're not going to see transformation and we're not going to see the church go forward unless we have both. both. Well, and I want to flesh this out just a little bit for you, because what what this does, this conversation is it kind of makes us all freeze a little because <laughs> we're like, OK, I want to be both. And, and how do we be both? And I want to say a few simple things and you can add to this that can help you be both. And I, and I know this is true for both of our lives, that we believe in local church. We believe in submission to people that are um, holding us accountable to those things. We're not just in a vacuum like out there, spirit and truth. We're actually, you know, applying spiritual disciplines to our life. We're actually in submission to people that can speak truth to us and help us see where we are going to get that off sometimes because we always oh, yeah. are going to, you know. It's gotta be in community. It's gotta be in community. You can't, you just yeah. can't um, be rogue. And so I, I want you to understand that, that this is possible, but it's possible in community attached to the body of Christ, oh, yeah. you know, and and doing this with, with discipline. It's not something that just, magically. Oh, no, no, not at all. There is like, so there is accountability. And of course, I'm from a, a stream of the church where um, we learn to exercise our spiritual gifts. And again, the, the challenge historically with some of that, of course, not all, and we're using generalizations, is that there was like a pursuit of the gifts of the spirit, but without the fruit of the spirit. And it's like, are you kidding me? There's nine gifts and nine fruits. There's a reason why there is both. And, and Corinthians tells us, pursue uh, spiritual gifts. And of course, um, we're, we're to pursue them and particularly the gift of prophecy, the Bible says. And so you've got to ask yourself, 1 Corinthians 14, what am I pursuing these gifts? And we need them in the day and the yes. hour that we're yes. in. And again, um, you know, I've been in one church for 31 years, so I'm, I'm about yes. spiritual authority and accountability. Uh, to a local church. Um, and so I, I've been in a setting where I've been able to, from my youth group days, have those gifts exercised and disciplined. But there are some great Bible studies about these things as well. And, and what you, and I, I keep saying this because I want someone to hear me. Don't go, there are lots of fruit loops and cray crays out there, okay? So please don't go down those tracks of uh, the, the conspiracy theorist, weirdo, and I say this because I'm charismatic, so I'm allowed to say it. Um, so don't go down those routes because there, there is this great middle ground, spirit and truth, right. rooted and grounded in the word of God and totally flourishing in uh, the gifts of the spirit of God. But you, it's like a muscle. You go to the gym, you pick up a weight, right. you've got to exercise that muscle. And it's a bit scary. And look, here is the, the most basic way that I would say, because everyone's going, okay, give me something practical, is like when you're having your quiet time. So as you ponder and you have that meditation with God, you're pondering on a scripture, at that moment, 
ask the Lord for, for a particular insight that you may never have had or a, a revelation and, and write it down as a first step. Then to one of the, the sisters in your community group, in your group, wherever it might be, go, you know, I just kind of feel this. How does this resonate? You know, yes. it, 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 it's like this yes. baby step thing. And then you start to trust this, this, uh, the voice of the Spirit of God on the inside of you. I don't want anyone to take me out of context and go, Christine Kane saying, I'm going to hear uh, voices, but I'm saying there's a sensing in your heart and your spirit. We all have a spirit man. We're body, soul, and spirit that will be confirmed by the word. But you've got to practice hearing yeah. that voice and discerning that voice. Yeah, and that's our hope too, is just that that you would all feel equipped by the word of God because ultimately that is what kills confusion. Totally. We don't have to be confused. No. I know that is a big fat book that can overwhelm you too. So, you know, that's where tools come in and that's where, yeah. you know, training and study and all that. And I just, and I say this because I really believe our generation needs to be well equipped because we don't know. I mean, if there's one thing we've learned, we don't know what's next. And so knowing the word of God, being committed to a local community, a church that that's gonna care for you and make sure that you're growing and those fruits are growing in you and not living in fear of the Spirit. I think that's what I pray for our side of the church, that we would not quench the Spirit, that we would not be afraid of the Spirit, but we would see that fruit growing through our side of the church in, in great, great form. I do believe finding this balance and this tension and living this out well could change everything. Well, I think, you know, and I know we're wrapping up, but it's vital for the hour in which we live because... Uh, if we do not war against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, right. this is, and I want every leader to be so acutely aware of this. When we're talking about navigating the landscape, there is no doubt it has heated up in the spirit realm. And, um, you know, 1 Corinthians 14 talks about all the different gifts that we need. We need the gift of the discerning of spirits, especially as leaders, corporate settings or secular settings. And you're working for people that are not following the Lord in any way. And you need to step back in the spirit, in your mind, heart, and go, what's really going on here? Because there's always something else going on. Yeah. If not, we are going to war according to flesh and blood and we're going to end up a bloody mess. That's we right. literally are. And I think that's yeah. why people feel yeah. weary. That's right. That's why women are feeling yeah. beaten up, exhausted. They want to run away. They're going, I feel like I went out to battle. You know, I, I fought for justice or I stood up for this. Or I did, and I just feel battle weary. The reason is because, man, we did not know how to put on that full armor of God and how to fight. Because the fact is you've got to wield that sword of the spirit. It, wielding the sword of the spirit. So spirit and truth together. So we got the word of God, but if you do not know how to wield that thing in the spirit realm, then I'm telling you, you will feel exactly how you're feeling now. Exhausted, like giving up, emptied out and wearied. It is a spirit issue more than a, a natural issue. So those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We will mount up on wings like eagles. We will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not faint. It's in the spirit realm that you learn to wait on God. Father, I thank you. I thank you for Jenny, Lord. I thank you for your hand upon her life. Truly, Father, you've raised her up for such a time as this. And I pray for every single woman, women that are involved in every sphere of life, 
women that are involved in every facet of leadership. Women at home and homeschooling children, whether it's women in the corporate sector, women that are entrepreneurs, married women, single women, father, women with children, women without children. Lord, you know every single one. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, right where they are, the Lord, you would touch them afresh right now, Lord, that they would just sense a fresh empowerment of your Holy Spirit. Father, that there would be a stirring on the inside of them to stir up that gift of faith that you've placed on the inside of them, to, to, to have a hunger for your spiritual gifts, Lord, the ones that you gave us. You have given those gifts to us. Some of us, Lord, have not even thought to ask you for them. So Lord, I pray and say even now that there would be like a quickening, an awakening in the women that would want to, that would say, Lord, this is in Scripture. I want what you have for me in Scripture. And that, Father, there would be just an explosion of your gifts within your body so that your women would be equipped and empowered, Father, to go forth into their sphere of influence and bring the revival. Out of them would flow rivers of living water wherever they go, I pray. 